Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me, as always, to discuss is Dan. Hi, I'm Dan, and the small world is flooded. And Eric. Hi, I'm Eric, and... Isn't there always water in there? I mean, <laughs> it's a good point. Maybe I mean, it's just more immersion. It's full immersion now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus immersion um, genie. Inversion immersion. Yeah, okay. So uh, just real quick, listener, um, you may or may not have noticed that uh, we did not release an episode of either Scraping the Vault or the Supreme Resort in most of the month of November. Uh, that's mostly because of a mental health break. Um and that was all me, and I apologize, but I am much better. And thank you, Dan and Eric, for being so patient with me and, and supportive. Um, so, Small World Flooded. Yeah, uh, yeah. I you think, know, go ahead. When, when, you're, when, you're, when you're a company that's been dealing with flume rides for a certain amount of time, you know, you just forget at some point to where the, where the shutoff valve is. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this is indicative. This is the the Pressler 2.0. We've been saying it for a while. <laughs> this is indicative of maintenance. They're not paying attention. There was a hole in the in the fiberglass somewhere, and they just just yeah, they flooded the building. And I don't know. It, it's it's just incompetence. It's it, going to the parks the past couple months has been really interesting because the look in everyone's eyes, like all the cast members are kind of like, we don't know what's happening either. Like (laughs) it's very clear that I think we've talked about before, like the new district manager comes in to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or wherever it is that you work and just like, Oh no, this person's going to make their mark. And in this case, this person's making their mark by just introducing complete incompetence. And honestly, there's a part of me that feels like, I'm not look, I'm not saying that they flooded Small World on purpose so they don't have to reopen it and save on labor. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not that conspiracy person. However, the fact that like I can get real close. <laughs> yeah. I think that says someone's a lot. thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean how hard is it? I mean, if the building is flooded, the do the animatronics get flooded, blah, blah, blah. Is it a lie? Um, if I'm not, I'm not saying it is. However, remember Jimmy years ago when I did that thought experiment with you and I called and I said like, Hey, do you see the new Disneyland commercial where they had a cartoon Walt Disney going all around Disneyland and being like, Oh, it's because it's the best thing ever going on space mountain. And you totally bought it because at the time, yeah, yeah, if they would have done that, (laughs) it would have been just like, well, I guess we're doing this now. (laughs) Like they did with Colonel Sanders. They made him a character. Exactly. Yes. So, totally same thing. Um, oh, God. Can you imagine? I, but you're totally right. If that if that, if you told me that again now, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. 
Right. And if, if, if I were to, and again, I'm not saying that this is the case, but if someone were to have actual information to say like, yeah, Bob Chapek just said, do the outside, say the insides flooded because they wanted to save on labor. It, we would believe that because that's where we are. <laughs> that's true. I mean, labor is an issue everywhere, right? Um, but anyway, so it's not that I, much labor, but yeah, yeah. Whatever. I think it's, I mean, we know a guy on the inside who helped uh, redress that hole the first in the fiberglass. Time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, I think it's more indicative of, of, uh, of just maintenance and labor, um, whether or not whatever is true is irrelevant. I think the point is, think about thunder mountain think about space mountain think about the 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 riverboat that took out a guy you know those are all during a period where maintenance was not a priority and i think we're in that period again oh and by the way they reopened thunder mountain recently and that thing's down like half the time now really yeah well at least according to my my own my own on the ground research because i've been going did your own research did my own research just like you should um (laughs) (laughs) and just anecdotally, it, it it's the Thunder Mountain has f- seems like it's down more than it has been before. Huh. And same thing, uh, Pinocchio was down a ton, which why uh, Pirates of the Caribbean has been down a lot. Like, again, just anecdotal on the ground research. Um, but it's weird. Um, yeah. And then I don't know, Eric, do you have any opinion about this? Other than, I mean, I haven't been there, so I, I don't have on the ground sort of research, but I, I don't know. I don't know that we're necessarily, he- I've said it before, I don't think that we're necessarily heading into a Pressler era. That lesson has been learned, but um, yeah, I don't really know what they've been doing and I don't pay very close attention to it. So who am I to opine on the subject? Uh, you're a Disney parks nerd like we are and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I talk about facts like about the Aztecs. So you did your own research is what you're saying. Um, all right. So Disney Genie. Now, this is uh, it's the subject has been exhausted on all the YouTubes and all the the podcasts. So we're not going to give our hot take. But uh, I don't take think it, it works. Sucks. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know that it works. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in uh, Hollywood Studios in early December and I'm going to have myself and my team. So there'll be nine of us and I'm going to have all nine of us do it. And. And all nine of us will do Disney Genie Plus. And I'm going to have everybody fill out their preferences and just do a little experiment and see what it says. That's the plan. I fear that they farmed the whole thing out to the lowest bidder. And like, on the, like for example, Fresh Bake Guy has a video from a couple of days ago where he was testing out the lines and seeing how they match up. And... Sometimes it's posting a a weight that's like huge and then you go there and it's just like, there's no way this is an hour. There's no way. And then at the same time, it'll, it'll post like 10 minute wait for poo. And they, on, on the video, it it says this and and then you show up and it's just like, this is probably a 30 minute wait. So like the software, because everybody's getting the same information at the same time. And that's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know? But and if it's well, if, if if it's listing a long wait and you're going there and it's not a long wait, is that back to what Disney has always done with the lines and said, you know, we we got to clear people out of this area, so um, say that it's two hours. It could be. Yeah, it feels like possibly manipulative, but also possibly just carelessness. 
you know, maybe it's just like the thing updates information five minutes behind. And then like, I, I don't, it just, whatever it is, it seems to just not be able to function the way that they're promising. Right. Um, and you know, like Lynn Testa, the, the touring plans, Jim Hill media podcast guy, um, he did it and you know, he had, he himself obviously runs a company that does touring plans, um, and isn't really threatened by this. Um, but he did it and he gave it all its preferences, preferences and whatever, but it told him to do like live or Disney junior live on stage. It told him to do, you know, Walt's, uh, magical wish or whatever. The, the, the Walt you know Disney what it story. is? I think Disney, I think Genie Plus is Clippy. Oh, interesting. <laughs> just showing I think up. it's Clippy. <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, it might be. I, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going away. I think it'll only get refined because they need, a, they need an avenue to Genie Plus so they can charge you for Fast Pass. Right. Lightning Lane. But yeah. anyway. But you're uh, saying that the, you're comparing it to Clippy in the sense of, Looks like you're trying to save a file. Do you know how to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or yeah. It, or like it looks like <laughs> I, I was just reminded of uh, in compos- music composition class. We were imagining a clippy for music composition. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to do <laughs> a Takata and Fugue. <laughs> anyway. No, but uh, listener I, I, that was born after 1990. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, I think I think it's I say it's clippy in the in the sense that like you first of all you can turn it into a bicycle and second um you can um it seems to want to help but like whoever is behind it is not a helpful person. Well, because Disney by their own research says that you have a satisfied guest if they do nine things. And if you tell it you want to do Rise of the Resistance, Smugglers Run, uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and Slinky Dog, and Rock and Roller Coaster, and uh, Tower of Terror. That's seven things. There's no way you can do all seven of those things. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Exactly. So they want to be able to give you a satisfied experience because you did nine things. Looks like you're trying to ride something that's shaped like a cartoon character. Try Jesse's fun thing, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens or how it evolves, but I, I don't think it's getting better. And only because, I mean, the, the guest who goes to the place and like, I don't know this place. It's overwhelming. You know, tell me what to do. They're not going to know any different. Right. But imagine if that person goes and does Walt Disney's story, uh, meet and greet here, the meet Lightning McQueen, um, you know, star tours and, you know, whatever the nine attractions are, it's like they had a full day, but they didn't really experience the, the, you know, the majesty of that the particular theme park, yeah. the headliners. Right. right? And, and they, they don't know any didn't difference. Ride, right. And they probably didn't ride Pirates of the Caribbean first as they should. As they should, because it's clear <laughs> that thematically yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean is the first one to go because uh. <laughs> reality then you go into fantasy yeah, exactly yeah i heard that on two podcasts last week <laughs> um so dan you uh have some news that you'd like to share yes i'm pregnant and um i'm gonna name the baby uh walter jpeg mm-hmm. and whatever my last name is i no um <laughs> Pepsi. I, Frito Lay. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Pressler link letter Pepsi. <laughs> <Jay>. Um 
I like a a grown a, grown ass adult with no children. Supreme decided <laughs> that's a gray area there. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a network TV swear. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I got me a Knott's Berry Farm season pass. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And you know what else I did? Mm-hmm. I got the fat. Fast lane? Yes. Fast lane. Not fast pass, not lightning not fast lane. Pass. Fast lane. <laughs> the peak confusion. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, Knott's Berry Farm is wonderful. It's not as wonderful as Disneyland, but nope. it's also wonderful because, first of all, all the animatronics are weird and janky mm-hmm. and look like they're <laughs> probably like criminals or other terrible people. And second, um, lots of live music. Like there's live music everywhere. Um, and also that um, have like the the most awesome Karen move now because if Disneyland sucks for the day, mm-hmm. I can and I might even announce this. <laughs> <laughs> say I'm going to go to Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> where yeah, I don't stand. have to wait in line at all. <laughs> and by the way, by might you mean absolutely did. <laughs> Location outside of town center, like I, city I, hall. Sort of the, the challenge for myself is I'm never going to say it sincerely, but I'm kind of waiting <laughs> for there to be a time when I'm just so frustrated that I actually say it out loud. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to knots. <laughs> I want you to go to city hall, walk to the walk to the front gate, wait in line, and just look them square in the eye and say. I'm going to Knott's Berry Farm and throw down your annual pass. Throw it on the table. Get get one printed. It'll cost you $10. Or right. just put it on your phone. Throw your phone yes. down till the screen shatters. Uh, yeah. But using the lightning lane has it was fun fast lane. for the most part. Fast lane. Sorry. Fast. This is going to be a thing. <laughs> First of all, I uh, hadn't ridden a proper roller coaster in probably five years. Mm. I was not ready. It's <laughs> not ready at all. Oh wow! <laughs> Actual screaming happened Ooh. like a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there are some rides there that like my previous, the previous version of myself that was all about roller coasters and probably will be again. Um, like would have not have a problem with it, but I'm looking at it. It's like, Whoa, that's no, 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 no. <laughs> so like, I'm going to work up to them. And I had a really fun experience on Jaguar, which is a f- very fun ride, uh, where I wanted to use my lightning lane. And sorry, whatever it's called, my knots Fast knots lane, lane. my Don Knots <laughs> Light Express. Um, and I thought, okay, this is going to work just like Fast Pass. I'm just going to go in the exit, and then they're just going to like fold me in with everybody, which they do for the most part. But on this particular ride, and I think on some others. I'm the only one in the line in the lightning fast lane, whatever. Mm, not not lane. Not not the not not lane. Walt's walk. They should call it Walt's walk. Walter Knotts. Walter Knotts walk. <laughs> Narrated by Don Knotts. Still. Oh God. <laughs> With Don Johnson. Uh, hey, oh. Damn! It looks like you're trying to get in line for a roller coaster. <laughs> it's Clippy. Um, and so I, I, I'm the only one in the whatever that line's called. I walk up and they're like, oh, okay. Hold for uh, fast lane, right? <laughs> they they go okay. Pick whatever whatever uh, row you want, and there's like not a lot of people there. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go to a row that has no people waiting for it. And then they um, 
sent the train with just me on it. Wow. <laughs> He's the only one. You're an elite. And everyone's looking they don't know at what me to like, do. like everyone's looking at me like you knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> and I just looking at all I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. How long was I'm the sorry, wait? I'm how so was, famous. How long was it the was, standby? It was basically walk on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so, not, so not like people are I like, would, right, but I was even more of a jerk because I could have just gotten in the normal <laughs> oh, right. had I yeah. known. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> Well, the verdict is in. Knott's is better than Disneyland. Uh, no, no. We need to change no. the name of the show. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. That's Knott's it. Knott's Berry Tales. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to... Okay. <laughs> um, Knott's Berry Tales, though, is the supreme uh, Buzz Lightyear. Astro Blasters. Astro oh, Blasters. really? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Interesting. Midway Mania? Um. All right, so uh, we have uh, – thank you for the update. And again, sorry, listener, for taking some time off. But um, it was needed, and we're back and better than ever. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, b- before we get into our main topic, uh, we have our f- new favorite segment, Eric's Scientician Spotlight. That's right. It's time for Eric's Scientician Spotlight, the segment Jimmy loves because he didn't have to do it. Yay. And I like to learn. Oh, good. This week on the Scientician Spotlight, I wanted to uh, to talk about the science of archaeology, history. You know, um, because we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the history of Mexico and that area of of the world. I thought to uh, look into some some of the three cultures that were represented in the original iteration of. Um, of the ride we're about to discuss the Olmec, the Maya, and the Aztecs there's some confusion around these three cultures and um, I wanted to educate you about such things so here we go uh, the Olmec are often considered to be the mother culture of Mexico um, you may have seen Olmec heads d- described in popular culture before, uh, The one of the, the main bits of archaeology that we've seen from the Olmec culture are these giant sculpted heads. Um, you've seen them on The Simpsons, for instance, where um, Homer had one in the basement and still had one in the basement in the background of many shots after that, but uh, Maggie identified it on a card as Aztec, and Lisa corrected her to say, no, Olmec. Nice. Um, there are apparently 17 um, heads of that, that type around Mexico, and um, Plenty of other artifacts from the culture. Uh, is the, is the, the the head in the Grand Fiesta tour that like smiles and then goes straight faced? Is that a is that one of these heads? No, this one is. This is early on in the ride uh, when you pass the the temple. Uh, it's covered with vines. It doesn't move. Ah, um, okay. But yes, it is. It is one of those, um, and that's why I'm bringing it up because it's in the ride. Uh, but, uh, but yes, the Olmec culture, the Olmec were not called the Olmec. We were, we named them the Olmec because they were a culture described or Because uh, at the time, through. they were the Numec. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were discovered through archaeology rather than any texts. So they didn't describe themselves. We're just finding artifacts. Uh, they were a Mesoamerican culture from 1200 to 500 BCE. And uh, they were named because the Aztec word for inhabitant of the rubber country is Olmecatl, 
So um, because the most of the artifacts we found are in an area of the uh, of of Central America where uh, rubber was common, uh, we scholars named them the Olmec in in using the Aztec term. Uh, so subsequent cultures following afterward, like the Mayans, deviated from this culture. There are many other cultures around Central America that derived from uh, de- derived from the Olmec. And one of them that is then featured in the ride that we're going to talk about is the Maya. So the Mayans. One um, of the rides. One of the rides. Well, I, I mean, I guess you can talk about a different ride, but <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. You could talk about the history of monsters. It'll be. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Just um, you wait. So the Maya, <laughs> uh, the Maya had sophisticated writing, mathematics, uh, astronomic understanding, and calendar understanding. Um, they were another civilization named after the fact uh, because they really didn't have a common identity or unity to them. They were a bunch of complex city states with trade routes around the area, but um. They they continue on to this day in in some aspect because there are 28 surviving Mayan languages and six million descendants living around Central America um, that can trace back to the Mayans. Um, their main period started in 750 BCE and continued into the 16th century, so a very long standing uh, civilization. Um, and oh my. So resilient were they that it took Cortes and the Spaniards um, over over 100 years to conquer all of their cities, starting in 1521 until 1697, when the last major Mayan city was conquered. Um, so unfortunate aspect of all of this culture. But hey, um, that's that's um, that's the region and the history there. Um, continuing onward into the Aztecs. Uh, the Aztecs dominated Mesoamerica from the 14th to the 16th centuries. Uh, they, their greatest period of expansion ended in 1519 when Cortes, the aforementioned Cortes, came to town. In 1521, uh, the Spaniards conquered uh, Tenochtitlan. Um, Tenochtitlan. Uh, I don't, I don't know the proper. Yeah, should have looked I, it up. Yeah, I know how to pronounce it. But I forgot. They have, they have temples and stuff. <laughs> yes, that still are there. Uh, Yes, um, but that, that's when their main, one of their main cities fell, and Mexico City was built over the ruins. Um, fun fact, uh, the Aztec calendar, or the Sunstone, um, that you can see in the Mexico Pavilion in, uh, in Epcot, that is mounted in, inside the pavilion on one of the exits, um, the Sunstone was buried in the Zocalo of Mexico City. Uh, you're, you're on mute there, Jimmy. You're just saying Zocalo. Rancho Del. Okay. All right. Thanks. I figured. <laughs> That's why I specifically said Zocalo or Square of Mexico City. It was rediscovered in 1790 um, and has been studied significantly ever since. And that is a little bit about three of the main cultures through the Mesoamerican history in Central America. Um, that's very interesting. Teotihuacan. 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 Oh, inter- okay. Yeah. Mm, cool. Yeah, there you go. I've been to those pyramids. They're very nice. The end. And sometimes both of these rides are walk-ons. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That is a great guys. transition. Good job, Eric. No, Thank you very not, much. That's, it's not a good transition. <clears throat> no, it's good. Because okay. we need to transition to the topic. 
And that's uh, today, <clears throat> excuse me, our topic is the case of the IP overlay dark ride. That's the working title currently. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros versus Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. Now, how did we land on this and how are they similar? <laughs> That's a legitimate question. Okay, maybe I can illuminate since I'm the one who came up with it. Uh, I've been wanting to find a way to talk about the Grand Fiesta Tour for a long time. And there, are, there's the only other boat ride that isn't. That doesn't have a clear equivalent in yeah, like Disneyland. Small World, et cetera. Right. Um, those, I mean, those ones are obvious, but the only other boat ride is uh, the Storybook Canal Boat oh, <laughs> Tour, which is um, it, really not at all comparable. It's a ride that has a really fascinating history and is very quaint and enjoyable and would destroy any other ride placed against it. You know what episode that would be or should be is... The storybook canal boats versus Casey Jr. Oh, because it's basically that. the same ride. I'm just oh, saying that's anyway. better. Oh, okay. All that's, right. That's the, those are, yeah, those are things to think about because then yep. I don't know. I feel like there might, there might be another podcast out there that might want oh to yeah totally yeah, yeah i'm not sure who that might be yeah, uh eric sure. anyway so so you've got uh you're so, thinking about grand fiesta tour go ahead yeah i've been thinking about a way to to bring this onto the show and it occurred to me that grand fiesta tour is a is an attraction that has been around for or was around for 25 years right opening day at uh, not quite opening day at epcot um came came along a few weeks later but very early on in epcot right and then was which was the second gate, the second gate, yeah, second gate of uh, Walt Disney World, and then overlaid with IP with the three caballeros. Um, I have reasons why this is probably an interesting choice, uh, but then we flip it around to another ride that I'm sure we'd all love to talk about, which is Superstar Limo mm -hmm, that yeah. became Monsters Inc. Another ride that was overlaid in a second gate with IP. Yes. Okay. I accept your premise. All right. Thank um, you. That's good because I mean, what else are we going to talk about otherwise? It's a good point. Um, so yeah, the, we have some other alternate working titles of, uh, the V part, but, um, we'll get into that later. So the Grand Fiesta tour technically came first cause it opened in 1982 as El Rio del Tiempo. And uh, it's the river of time for those of, of you who have not oh, oh, taken Spanish too, like I have. Right. And the uh, and then we will. So Eric will be arguing for that. And that came first. I will be arguing for Monsters, Inc. Mike and Sully to the rescue, which was originally the Superstar Limo. And some podcast is going to do a whole episode about Superstar Limo. <laughs> but I'm going oh, I to sure hope they do. <laughs> I'm going to give a brief history. Um, but some alternate titles, the case of the IP overlay uh, currently Grand Fiesta v. Monsters, Inc., other titles could be Monsters v. Mexicans. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think that was on, that's, that's voted off the island. Yeah. <laughs> Caballeros v. Monsters. That's pretty good. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, oh, Fiesta v. In, Fiesta v. Industrial Warehouse filled with monsters. <laughs> yep. River versus Road. That's good, too. Anyway, but for now, it's Grand Fiesta v. Monsters, Inc. And or Eric Rio, Rio versus Rayo. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, 
because that's road. It is for those Rio V Rio. I like that. (laughs) I actually, I think that's it. And listener, you (laughs) have already seen the title, so spoilers. Let us know what it is. You clicked on it. Join our Facebook group. Or our picked Twitch or whatever we do. Anyway, um, so but if if the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros, which if you didn't take Spanish too, is (laughs) friends. Okay, three friends. Oh, cowboys. 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 Gentlemen. (laughs) Is it gentlemen? Uh, we need it's to not take amigos. Spanish three. It's not- hey Google. <laughs> oh God. What does caballeros mean? Caballeros has two different meanings. Starting with the most common one, caballero can be used as a noun to mean a Spanish or Mexican gentleman. Is that the meaning you had in mind? Yes, it, it yes, it is. Thank you. All right. So the the <laughs> three job. Spanish or Mexican gentlemen <laughs> versus. The Monsters, Inc., uh, Mike and Sully, The Rescue. If the three gentlemen get a point, you will hear this sound. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) That is, of course, what means I caramba from the ride. Uh, If the Monsters, Inc., Gets a point. We should never. Never. No. no. (laughs) Um, Monsters, Inc. Gets a point. You will hear this sound. You rush a miracle, man, you get rotten miracles. You rush a miracle, you get rotten miracles, which is a great theme for the Monsters, Inc., formerly <laughs> Superstar Limo ride. And that was, of course, Billy Crystal from The Princess Bride, who voices Mike from Monsters, Inc. Okay, Eric, you go ahead and give us an overview of Grand Fiesta Tour. All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'll cut that out. <laughs> Uh, The Grand Fiesta Tour originally opened as El Rio del Tiempo, as we discussed earlier, which means the River of Time. River of Time. Uh, Opened in October 21st of 1982, just a few weeks after the the rest of the park opened up. Uh, It's it's the only one of the few attractions, one of the few ride attractions in the World Showcase area of Epcot. And really is one of the main draws inside the Mexico Pavilion, which in itself is a masterwork of of theming. Um, many years later, as we'll get into when we we get to the uh, the history portion, uh, the ride was changed. What what was originally a look at the cultures of of Mexico from the Mesoamerican period into Spanish colonialism into the modern day of the eighties became. Uh, became an IP-based attraction around the three caballeros, uh, the uh, the three the three birds from the movie Gentlemen the three Caballeros. Birds. Gentlemen, yes, the three gentlemen birds, um, and it, really, it's it's a delightful trip. It's eight minutes through Mexico, looking at screens and animatronics, and having a fun, grand time in a very well-themed pavilion. So it occurred to me. That there is no original Epcot attraction. It doesn't exist. Um, Spaceship Earth has I mean, only changed in the narration. That's yeah, I, you're, I mean, they've. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so, so some rides, I mean, like Storybook Land Canal Boats is the same ride. They've added show scenes, right? True. Same for yeah. Feast Year. I'm just, just spitballing. But <clears throat> no other attraction outside of maybe Spaceship Earth, which has been updated, but it's essentially the same ride. There's no original attraction anymore. 
Circle Visions. I mean, yeah, I suppose. They, Obviously, they, they changed the, the movies. But right, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. That's yeah, fair. the movies anyway. have changed. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, is that your overview? Certainly. Why not? <clears throat> Mike and Sully, excuse me. Monsters Inc. Mike and Sully to the Rescue is a dark ride attraction at the Disney California Adventure Park at the Disneyland Resort. It is based on the 2001 Walt Disney Pictures Pixar film Monsters Inc. The attraction replaced the park's only other dark ride, Superstar Limo, which ran from the park's opening until a few months later. <laughs> it didn't make it a year at all. Did it did it? not make it a year. That's always oh a good sign. God. Uh, and Jimmy, Superstar, remember yeah. when we first rode that ride? Yes, you said this is the first to go. This is the first to go. This is the first to go. Wow. <laughs> Superstar before, Limo. Before the farmland, huh? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Didn't what was the, the farms? The farms that are now Bountiful Spider-Man? Farms. Yeah. Bountiful Farms. And it's tough the spy, to yeah, Spider-Man Farm. <laughs> Spider-Man Farms. They I should wonder... do that. They should have Avengers, <laughs> Avengers Farm. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know how like they have like little nods to things like we've talked about. Indiana Jones has the the, the Eeyore parking lot sign and that yeah. sort of thing. Bountiful Farms was such a crap idea. There's not even a nod to it anywhere in the land. Well, they have food. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that comes from farms. The, the Bountiful Farm. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Superstar Limo was a short-lived dark ride attraction at Disney California Adventure. Opening with the park, it closed almost a year afterwards due to negative reception and was eventually replaced by Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. The end. Yeah. And it was replaced with, like, shockingly little fanfare where it was just sort of like... Hey, look what we did. (laughs) And it it didn't reopen until 2006, which means it was four years of just nothing. Wow. (laughs) And still nothing in that area. That's true. During that time anyway. Uh, There's a store, Eric. Um, Oh, yeah. Some kiosk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and honestly, I think I could be remembering it wrong because this was a time that I wasn't going to the parks a ton. Um, But I really do feel like Monsters Overlay was just like one day it just appeared. And, yeah, it did. <laughs> which is kind of actually the perfect way for this kind of a thing to happen because it's, it was just it was just like, oh, they I let's see. <laughs> it's almost you know? like they just they it, it's like this magic trick of what do, you, what do you mean it's always been what are you, what are you talking right, about? It's always been right, monsters inc. Right? What? what super what? Because that's before the internet was super huge and so you, right. you know, prove me wrong. <laughs> but that was, I guess what I'm getting to is that it's just a really cool feeling of like, I know like I always, especially as a kid, always thought like, wouldn't it be cool if like I go to Disneyland and they like, they just opened something new that I didn't even know was there. You Whoa. know, like, it, you know, it's like, it's never going to happen. And it, I guess it, it probably didn't technically happen this way, but because you see the construction and everything. Right. But it's sort of that same thing as like, hey, David Bowie released an album today. That you didn't know was going to come out. Right. <laughs> Which, of course, was replaced by different news two days later. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that the Superstar Limo opening is quite that same level of gravitas. No, but no, yeah, no, no, no. I no, see no. your but, point. Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just a cool thing to you like to go there and have this thing that's not even that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, well, I think I'm I think stuck in a, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm stun locking myself into a loop of logic here. So the well, point I think is that you wouldn't have seen it. You wouldn't have observed the construction because right. it, there's nothing to see. There's no, because, and spoiler for the land impact, but 
you don't go back there because there's nothing nope. to do. So why yeah. would you see the construction? Um, you're it's walking past indoors a, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And you're walking past award wieners and headed straight to the giant theater to watch, you know, Aladdin or whatever. It's not anyway. like me as a kid going to Walt Disney world and going, Whoa, the castle is a birthday cake now. And I love it. <laughs> this should stay forever. <laughs> Seriously, though, I did love that birthday cake yeah, castle. Yeah, I had no problem with it either, but I, I didn't go to the park until I remember it was news, even in California. But I don't uh, I didn't go to that parks until 1999. So, OK, it was back to normal. Anyway, tell us about the history of the Grand Fiesta Tour. All right. And Jimmy, can I just preface this by saying I really I'm really looking forward to some portions of the history from yours because I love the alternate attractions that were proposed at some yes. various points in time. That's my matter of fact. I'm I'm looking forward to it. There may be some goofy and or Miss Piggy in there. Ooh. All right. That was my favorite. But anyway, we'll find out about that soon. Teasers. Should right I be now. ready for like to give negative points to monsters because i know what imaginary can do i i yes and <laughs> no so there oh. there will be some spontaneous yeses and some okay. spontaneous extra points okay. i can't wait until dan reacts to things <laughs> the show dan reacts to things that's the name of the show basically <laughs> dan reacts oh. to things hi welcome oh, we don't need to do I'm that da- and, okay oh sorry Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Dan. No, that's, you should, people should more often. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Quiet, Judge. It's time for history. <laughs> okay. Your Honor. He says, bowing slightly. <laughs> All right. As we've alluded to, or I've alluded to, people have said it. October 21st, 1982, El Rio del Tiempo, the River of Time, opens up in the Mexico Pavilion at, at Epcot Center. It's a... It's a look into the arts, culture, and history of Mexico. One of the operating titles uh, during production was The Three Cultures of Mexico um, because of its focus on, on the three main cultures. And I know there are plenty of other cultures that went into Central America at, um, in the, you know, throughout history. But the three that are focused on in this pavilion are the Olmec, the Maya, and the Aztecs. Um, so the original ride is very similar uh, in setup to today's, much like uh, much like my distinguished competitors, uh, where it's a boat ride through uh, through the pavilion. Um, the original ride uh, brought you, it sent you onto the boat and into um, you know past a past a, a decaying temple, past a large Olmec head statue. And then started to bring you backward in time. The spirit of a priest appears in front of you. There's a there's a stone uh, a stone figure that, due to uh, through a Pepper's Ghost effect, turns into a real person. And this uh, priest guides you through the creation of the world and the battle between good and evil, and the creation of the world through uh, through ancient myth. Um, you pass a fresco that starts out decayed and covered with vines and then slowly becomes a vibrant and and timely uh, timely mosaic, uh, not mosaic. Um, I'm coming up with the wrong words. Painting on the wall. That's the word. Mural. Um, so not mural. Not that's the, the one I'm going for. Not the soda. No, no, not fresca. Oh, OK, got no, it. No, no. I thought no. there was an ancient soda in that ride. <laughs> you wish. 
<laughs> but scoop up some of that water and imagine. Spoilers. There's some soda in my ride, too. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should call it the Battle of the Sodas. <laughs> anyway, um, as you head into the as you head backward in time, uh, you see the the ride was originally set up with a lot of with a mixture of uh, of animatronics and screens similar to uh, rides like if you had wings in the Magic Kingdom. So even before Ooh. Universal came up with screens everywhere, we had screens at Epcot Center. Hold on, Eric. Could you tell us more about those animatronics? We'll like get to the animatronics. Quality of them. <laughs> the quality of the animatronics? Oh, we'll get to the quality of the okay. animatronics because they come from a very special show called It's a Small World. But were they former celebrities? <laughs> they were former Mary Blair inspired children from It's a Small World. So that's pretty famous these days. Yeah. Anyway, you pass show scenes where um, where you saw stories of uh, from from Aztec culture showing the the four elements creating the world and and warriors dancing, basically reflecting uh, reflecting their stories at the time through uh, through dance. Um, you also see you also see this uh, creepy scene where Montezuma is watching a comet. Uh, fly by in the sky and that was apparently one of the uh one of the the foretellings to the the death of the aztec empire by the spaniards um it it starts out kind of dark um it really brings in directly that there was a there was a vibrant culture happening in in central america and then europeans came in and destroyed it (laughs) on purpose I I haven't been on this ride in a while, so I don't remember if it's still as abrupt of a transition as it used to be. But it was wild. <laughs> it, it really was. Uh, it yeah. It's so. You're right. It was such a strange shift from these filmed. They they filmed actors dancing in front of blue screen, um, and had them work. Had these screens worked into uh, into temples and ruins so you could see you could see the screen happening with darkness behind them so it really looked kind of eerie and ghost like mm-hmm. these these people dancing and and telling stories and then suddenly you enter into the spanish colonial period where there are small world dolls mm-hmm. um playing and showing off piñatas and showing off marionettes basically demonstrating different uh, different Mexican holidays like the Day of the Dead, and uh, you know it, it's it was a very rapid shift. Even though it's colonial times, it's still not a not a happy time in the general history. But we've got children showing off fun things that they're doing, yeah. and then you shift into more screens. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, you have a, a comment. <laughs> well, it's like it, it is very abrupt, and it, it's it's nice, but it's like you go through this very serious and and sort of dark thing to like this. It's a small world, like you say. Yeah, Day of the Dead. It's a small world. It's just it's jarring. Yeah, yeah, and I think the first time, if you're not ready for it, it really does feel. And I don't mean this in a negative sense. It, it because writing it a second and third time it's like oh this is this tonal shift is actually kind of interesting and cool mm-hmm. but 
the, like the, if you're not ready for it the first time, like they may as well, like after this, like very, in, very serious, almost dark, you know, very, 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 you know, almost too sincere sort of feeling mm-hmm. that they have. And then like you, like they may as well just do that. <laughs> <laughs> <Totally. Hey. laughs> yeah, it, you're right. It's, it's something where they spent a lot of time working with Mexican Americans to really nail the culture. This was a pavilion that was built. If you've heard, we've probably talked about the Epcot story enough, but it's one of those pavilions where even though, they want Disney wanted to get sponsors in to pay for these pavilions. They wanted to do Mexico no matter what they were willing to pay for Mexico in case they didn't get sponsors Mm -hmm. because it was so important to them to rep, you know, represent this culture there. So they put Exitensio in charge of the entire building of the pavilion. Um, Exitensio famous for grim grinning ghosts. And that makes um, a lot of sense. And uh, the, you know, yo ho ho, a pirate's yeah. life for me. A, a one of the one of the few uh, Latino people on Disney staff who had been there for years. He went to communities around L.A. and and built this. You know, he brought people in, artists and and performers at a time when really Latin culture was not a huge thing in in the late seventies. Um, yeah, and, and originally, let me. The, sorry, just I want to correct. I. When I say that makes a lot of sense, this isn't white guy saying, hey, they put the Mexican on it. Good job. I mean, like you can feel his creative yes. oh, yeah. stamp on it, you know? Right. <clears throat> and the reason yeah. that Mexico and Canada are situated where they are is originally the American pavilion was going to be right at front. Like you walk up to World Showcase, there's America. And then if you're looking at it from Europe, to the right of that would be Canada. To the left of that would be Mexico, which is why they're positioned where they are. Nice. I don't know that I've heard that before. I like that a lot, but, um, but yeah, it, it was a major deal. They wanted to represent Canada and Mexico at, at this place. And eh, we'll, we'll figure out somebody else to pay for all the others. But, um, this was a big deal. So they put a lot of effort into this, even if they didn't necessarily have the budget to do a huge giant showstopper attraction, they did replicate a lot of the technology that was happening in, they went beyond pirates and then put in the technology at um, at if you had wings um, from the Magic Kingdom, where screens were. It was a a different way of of representing representing um, you know technology in the ride. So um, yes, back to I Dan don't has normally. A I'm looking at him and he's he's his gears are grinding. Yeah, I don't normally argue for points or give points for things that aren't there anymore, because I think that that's just, that doesn't work for me. I do want to give the past Rio just one point for, for it being so of its time. Like if you watch right through videos of that thing, it's, it's so Disney early eighties, like, both the animation studio and the parks like this, this is it's it might be the perfect distillation of how what the company was doing aesthetically <laughs> well thank you for that and is yeah it just appears at getting slower <laughs> it might be 
I don't have oh. the, the the time to make it actually go slower each time, but we'll see. You, I'm glad you're giving points for an attraction being of its time when it was developed because <laughs> I've got a doozy for you. That, you know what? Oh, That's no. a fair point. But well, yes, no, anyway. but it's, it's it's not just that it's of its time. It's that it's so specifically of its time. You know, it's like it's it's kind of like if you want to see Disney at peak Pressler, you watch uh, the show footage of Light Magic, you know, Um <laughs> where this is like peak 80s disney and it's not super long it's whimsical and it's dark all at the same time i don't know i felt like a point needed to be given so there all right well appreciated um yes i wanted to point out a specific quote from walt disney's epcot center uh which was a book written in 1982 i'm showing it here to the camera for evidence mm. um nice it has a ton of amazing pre production images and stories i i this is a treasured disney po- uh, possession of mine that came out right when the park opened up um but uh, in the book they they describe the attraction uh, the specific portion during the spanish colonial years uh they they write the fiestas of mexico are celebrated in a glorious gamble that seems to embrace us all in its exuberance this was like the th- that sentence right there was the predecessor to all of the adjectives of Disney Parks blog these days. Enchant, <laughs> that's, magic, that's wish, dream, wonder. <laughs> right. Um, so yes, the third phase of the ride goes into modern day activities. Modern being in the eighties, of course, where you go into Acapulco and you watch people water skiing, scuba diving, and cliff diving. Um, and then you go through a marketplace that actually used footage from If You Had Wings, where. Uh, where there are sellers, it's a Mexican marketplace where people are trying to sell you things um, as you floated through. Um, Then you pass through Mexico City at night. There are fireworks in the sky, fiber optics on the ceiling that look like fireworks, and it's a fun fun effect that remains today. And for those of you who didn't take Spanish too, that's Ciudad de Mexico. Oh, thank you. Yes. We'll go backwards in case they were wondering (laughs) what what the Mexican... What what the Spanish, Spanish. version is. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, but yes, uh, large marionettes on a stage are dancing. <laughs> and uh, very large marionettes. And then when you pass through that area, the priest comes back and wishes you farewell. And you get off your boat and head back into a pavilion that I'll talk more about later. Um, thank very you. Nice. We've got a little bit of, uh, of additional history as we head into the, the present day. Uh, Grand Fiesta Tour opened up on April 6th, 2007. Um, the changeover uh, was uh, was directed by George Scribner, who directed Mickey's PhilharMagic. Mm-hmm. The animation director was Eric Goldberg, who was the supervising animator on Aladdin's Genie, and the co-director of Pocahontas, the entire film. Mm. Uh, really, this was, it, this was basically an overlay. It was a refurbish of sets um, and an enhancement on all, all lighting effects and screens. Um, additional screens were, were put in around some of the arches and rock work, but ultimately it wasn't that huge of a change other than the animatronics at the end. Um, when we'll talk plenty more about the ride later, but uh, at the ending of the ride, when, when it opened up, it was just uh, it was a screen of the three caballeros uh, animated playing and performing um, at uh, at the time uh, they were basically they didn't have enough money to uh, to do anything with animatronics to add anything very elaborate there. 
Uh, but several years later, um, they brought in some animatronics that you see that you can see today. Uh, the animatronics were from the Mickey Mouse Review, which was an original Magic Kingdom attraction. Uh, the robots from that attraction were moved to Tokyo Disneyland after the attraction closed, after Mickey Mouse Review closed on September 14th, 1980. It opened in Tokyo on April 15th, 1983, and was eventually replaced in 2009. So in 2009, those animatronics were shipped back to Epcot. Even then, at the time, they didn't have the cash to install them, so they were stored backstage until they were availed, uh, unveiled at a Destination D event in 2011. Finally, on December 4th, 2015, all three animatronics were placed in both, uh, all three, uh, Donald, Jose, and um, uh, Panchito, were installed in the attraction. And there they remain today, except for a brief period last year where they were replaced <laughs> by cardboard cutouts and a hat while they were refurbished. Um, <clears throat> so... Now- they started off with just a screen uh-huh. and then they improved upon it. True. Using animatronics that mostly yeah, that's, work that's, that were made the, in the 1970s. Right. That, I'm going to give two points for that. Whoa. One for the improvement and the other is for the, uh, the use of old animatronics, which is always fun to see them come back. And that yeah. the old animatronics are the ones that kind of had some troubles last year. Like Donald was replaced with a sombrero at some point, right? Yes. That's what you're talking about? Um, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the the song that they sing, a part of that is what you're playing for your point. Um, yes, indeed. Trust us on that. So, <laughs> the, so the, if there was not a Pirates of the Caribbean in Magic Kingdom, which originally there was not going to be, uh, I would say Pirates v. Uh, this ride. El Rio del Tiempo because they have a very similar feel both boat rides they yeah. both start in a very kind of realistic ambience there's a volcano that's the smoke coming out of the volcano does have a hidden mickey um and it goes through a restaurant so we can't do that because there's a pirates however when we get to the restaurants it will be San Angel in v Blue Bayou that's fair all right great my turn and i would say yes. well yeah go hmm? ahead go for it yeah. No, you can no, say. No, no, no. We'll, we'll talk more about this later. I have, right, I have notes. Right. Actually, um, wait, Eric, I'm, I'm curious. When you rode Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland for the first time, was in your mind, were you thinking, oh, it's like Rio, Rio del Tempo? Because I yeah, know for me, when I rode Rio for the first time, my thought was, oh, it's like Pirates. Uh, no, because okay. I had ridden Pirates at Magic Kingdom before. So I knew it was like Pirates. Right. I was just delighted to find that it was like better 45 minutes longer. <laughs> um, so the history of monsters, Inc. Mike and Sully to the rescue. I'm really curious how you're going to navigate this. Superstar limo was originally <laughs> planned as a high speed dark ride. Go on. <laughs> focused on avoiding, uh, avoiding the press and crazed fans <laughs> and uh, paparazzi, that kind of thing. This version would be would feature a facade based around the theme building at the Los Angeles International Airport, which Walt Disney Imagineering had recently helped renovate the Encounter restaurant. From here, Michael Eisner himself would appear asking you to get to the big premiere at the Chinese theater to sign a contract for your next movie. He would also warn you of the paparazzi eager to get a scoop on you. (laughs) 
with the ride taking the form of a high-speed chase to get you to the Chinese theater. Which Hello, you're serve. famous. Get to the theater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, what I love about that is that I don't know about you two, but I can totally picture yeah. that video. <laughs> 100%. I'm sure they filmed it. <laughs> I, I want to see it. Like, he's in his office with, like, Daisy Duck, oddly. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he would warn you about the paparazzi, eager to get a scoop on you, with the ride taking the form of a high-speed chase to get you to the Chinese theater which would serve as an unload area and gift shop. So very similar to rock and roller coaster kind of thing. Get to the theater. Uh, After um, the tragic death of uh, Princess Di in 1997, uh, this concept was seen as being in very poor taste and was shelved. So no more of that. (laughs) Right. Otherwise, Uh, a solid idea. (laughs) A solid idea. (laughs) But because paparazzi and the Queen of England were responsible for the death of Princess Diana... (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> and, and Jimmy, I'm she's sure, a listener. <laughs> I'm sure I told you this. Not anymore. And this will be our final episode of yeah. Dan Reacts to Things. Yeah, the supreme result. <laughs> I am no longer going to be a listener. <laughs> and we'll all be killed. Um, so, yeah, by the way, I'm sure I've told this story before, but, you know, everybody always says, where were you when Princess Diana died? I was there. I was about a half mile away from her when you she died. killed her. <laughs> it was the queen. The with Hollywood Pictures backlot still needing a headline I attraction. <laughs> By the way, she's not going to be seen till February. Did you hear about that? The queen? Yeah. Well, yeah, she goes into hibernation every once in a while. What about her? Uh, her her New Year's Day. Um, uh, Thing that she normally You're does. You're getting year. her confused with Reg- Regis Philbin, like you always do. <laughs> oh, like I always do. With Hollywood I'm going Pictures, to take the form of Regis Philbin. <laughs> so uh, Hollywood Pictures backlot needed a headliner attraction, and after suggestions to clone an attraction from Disney MGM Studios were seen as too expensive, a tamer and slower version of Superstar Limo was put in development. <laughs> Putting a greater emphasis on celebrity cameos and Hollywood inside jokes. This appealed to Eisner's sensibilities, and the attraction was greenlit. During development of this, though, a jab it wasn't at- the premise that was the problem. The pre- premise <laughs> was never the issue. <laughs> <laughs> the, during development of this version, though, a jab at DreamWorks in the form of a studio sign of Dream Jerks Whoa. would end up removed. Oh. Additionally, the low budget for the attraction meant that celebrity choices would be mostly limited to those who already had contracts at Disney (laughs) or cheap to get the rights for. The idea of Eisner himself greeting guests would be replaced with a new sleazy Hollywood agent character. And he was animated, by the way. Named? Oh, I don't know. I I didn't write it down. Oh, what was it? That's what what I was asking. Oh, what was his name? We'll have Um, to look it up. Yeah. Um, when the attraction opened, it was very poorly received and was promptly <laughs> closed in less than a year before being replaced by Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue in more ways than one. Uh, at least two overlay concepts were proposed. The first was Goofy's Superstar Limo, which would replace the celebrity cameos with Mickey and Friends and feature over 100 Disney characters. To achieve this goal on a low budget, Figures from various Disney store locations would be utilized to fill oh out the god. cast. Oh my god! Of <laughs> yeah. Of A course. second proposal was Miss Piggy's Superstar Limo, focusing on the Muppets. Now, this I like. 
This version was proposed to have a unique take on installation. The ride would reopen yes. as it was, but scattered throughout the attractions would be Muppet construction workers working on new scenes and lambasting Superstar Limo. <laughs> Over the course of several weeks, Muppet characters would replace the celebrity figures until the attraction was finally completed. That's the most amazing concept I've ever right? seen. Like, if they actually pulled it off, it, you, could, you could have people it, today – this would be a great idea to have yeah. people coming back each week and broadcasting yeah. the new changes. It it's such it's a brilliant. Yeah, that they would be do that amazing. To web slingers. Oh, <laughs> with, you mean the, with the characters from Bountiful Farm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bountiful <laughs> Farm. Muppet, the track, Muppet the John Deere characters. characters. <laughs> I love it. By, by the way, by the way, Swifty Larue. Oh, yes. that's right. Yes. And so few people who are listening to this podcast saw this ride. I mean, yeah. the odds of you actually having been on this ride are so slim because nobody went to that park and it was only open for less than a year. So, yeah. And there's I, I'll try to remember to link it on w wherever we end up doing links. Um, there is there's so there's a couple videos. All most of them are ride footage, which makes sense. But then there's something else that is absolutely insane. It's animation clearly made by somebody. Oh, it's who, bad. It, well, it's amazing because it's clearly made by somebody who like knows the ride and knows all the inside jokes. But like there's a, this storyline that just is absolutely nuts. And <laughs> anyway, I'll try to find it. And it's it's stick with it because the, the, the parts that like it initially starts off with this is just random stuff. But oh, yes, it is. But it's filled with legitimate references. Oh my. <laughs> now, this is a, a ride-through video. That no, has... it's a it's a cartoon that someone made. It's oh. like a it's based on the lore of Superstar Limo. Oh my god! I where like that. this is like inside the limo, and <laughs> it's nuts. Did, didn't you 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 played this on a game night one night? I think I, think. I probably did. Yeah, join us for game night whenever we have game night again. Ooh! And now a word from Asher. My grandma said that Superstar Limo should come back, but that you should be able to shoot lasers at all of the Hollywood elite, just like Buzz Lightyear. Thanks, Asher. I think I think grandma's been watching a lot of uh, certain news channels. But <laughs> what I was saying about the bad animation is that Swifty Larue was animated. He was it a wasn't, puppet. Was it a puppet? He was a puppet. Yeah, that, those the, I've seen some videos, and it looks more realistic than animation for that yeah, time. It's it's a puppet. Wow. Huh. I knew it wasn't an actual person, but anyway, Swifty LaRue. So finally, he was my sweaty. Yeah, well, he's gross. Like, did he have a stogie? I think he had a he had cigar. A stogie yes. and he had like a, a pink beard. ring and stuff. Yeah. Scruffy beard. Yeah. Uh, Monsters, Inc. Mike and Sully to the rescue would open in January 2006 to stay to save installation costs. Much of Superstar Limo's infrastructure and figures were reused. And I have a full list of those later. <laughs> the Los Delightful. Angeles cityscape facade would be repainted in the style of the opening credits of the film, and most of the celebrities were redressed. The end. Oh. <laughs> These are good histories. I'm I'm happy to. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with this. <laughs> I oh, I, th this is this is a hard this is a hard episode for me to judge because they clearly made the right choice of replacing that ride. Of replacing that <laughs> ride, I kind of 
there's a version of me that doesn't like how lazy it was, but at the same time, I also like how lazy it was because it was so, it just needed to change, <laughs> and it yeah. all it took was removing that awful concept that like should have been dead on arrival. Uh, I I'm gonna give two points for all of that, all of just the whole the story of the ride. Great. You rush a miracle, man. You get the miracles. Now it's starting to make more sense. That quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we needed. Yes. So what do we have left? We have the queue uh, and the actual ride, ride land. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both for <laughs> explaining how the show works to me. <laughs> how is <time>. show? <laughs> I I'm happy about my queue. I'm gonna let you, Eric. I'm gonna let you talk about the queue. I assume it includes pavilion to some extent. No, most of the pavilion will be in the land portion. But you know what? I'd like to hear from our sponsors first. I do, too. We'll be right back. Your attention, please. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. And I'm certainly going to purchase whatever good or service that, that was. <laughs> Agreed. Two. Also, <laughs> will I do that? All right. The queue of Grand Fiesta Tour... Starring Aerosmith. Yes. Um, we'll talk more about, like I said uh, before, that um, that excellent ad spot. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, the pavilion itself in a few minutes here. But uh, when, you, um, when you're in the Mexico pavilion, you head downstairs, you take a left, you pass a few shops and some carts as you head through, and you enter a um, basically a switchback. It's not the most elaborate queue. Um, other than the area around it, but the queue itself pretty sparse. Uh, the walls of the queue have posters declaring that the three caballeros will be playing a show tonight. Just like Aerosmith. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and I won that one handily. <clears throat> and there's not much more to say about that queue, right? Indeed. In fact, there's um, nothing else to say about that. Queue. Yeah. Cause that is it. Uh, okay. So I, I went through some, I went down some rabbit holes. So, so wait, me. Jimmy, before we go into this, are we, are you agreeing that, the pavilion pavilion separate from ride it's not it doesn't yeah it's the land right okay just like i'm fine with that i just want to make sure okay um okay so q you enter the monstropolis transit authority mta where you will take a cab through monstropolis by the way same cabs as the other ride uh this ride is set before the discovery that laughter is more powerful than screams just for table setting as you enter the queue There are a series of switchbacks and some posters acting as ads for the town. For example, there is a poster of Monsters, Inc. reading, We're Monsters, Inc. We scare because we care. Another poster advertising Harry Housen's Sushi. It reads, Let's meet and eat at Harry Housen's. Raymond Frederick Harryhausen, born June 29th, 1920, Died May 7th, 2013, was an American artist, designer, visual effects creator, writer, and producer who created a form of stop-motion model animation known as Dynamation. His works include the animation for Mighty Joe Young, his mentor Willis H. O'Brien, for which latter won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, his first color film, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, and Jason and the Argonauts, wait for it, you'll get there in a minute, which (laughs) featured a sword fight with seven skeleton warriors. His last film was Clash of the Titans in 1981, after which he retired. Harryhausen 
moved to the United Kingdom, became a dual American British citizen, and lived in London from 1960 until his death in 2013. During his life, his innovative style of special effects and films inspired numerous filmmakers. In November 2016, the BFI, British Film Institute, compiled a list of those present-day filmmakers who claim to have been inspired by Harryhausen, including Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, Joe Dante, director of Die Hard, Tim Burton, Nick Park, James Cameron, and Guillermo del Toro. Others we influenced all know who by Joe him. Dante is. In, sorry, I didn't mean to pander. Come on. Um, <clears throat> others influenced by him include George Lucas, John Lasseter, John Landis, Henry Selleck, J.J. Abrams, and Wes Anderson. So, Harry Housen's Sushi. Okay. Was based on this guy who was inspired John Lasseter. All right. So, posted. <clears throat> I don't want to encourage further Jimmy Grasps at Straws moments. However, as far as Jimmy Grasps at Straws, the segment goes, that's, that's a good the one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's that's a that miracle. Because I'm looking at like Harry Housen. What's that? And I searched who's Harry Housen. And that came up. That's his last name. And he inspired John Lasseter. I like that deep cut. So the restaurant in the movie, the sushi restaurant, is actually called Harry Housen's, just so everybody knows. Then there is a recruitment poster for the CDA, the Child Detection Agency. It reads, we're looking for a few good monsters. CDA, join today. And then you enter the Monstropolis Transit Authority. You're directed towards the taxis. There's a poster with Scarer of the Month and an image of Randall, the chameleon, and other recruitment posters for Monsters, Inc., there is a poster for Mike's new car. It's an animated short. The name of the car company is Behemoth, and that's spelled B-E-H-E-M-O-U-T-H, Behemoth. Behemoth, nothing rides like a behemoth. Drive one today. Exclusive features include contortion bar suspension, tremble torque transmission, anti-lock ness brakes, Energy efficient scare conditioner and dual cup holders. <laughs> it's from the Monstropolis <laughs> Motors Company, by the way. Uh, next to this, there's like that a, one. <laughs> there's a poster of Mike uh, of Mike and Sully with a notice sign reading "Conserve Scare, Take a Walk," and the caption says, "Let's work together." I don't understand that poster at all. Conserve because scare, take a right, walk. Right, you're conserving energy. Yeah, yeah, remember it was at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay, where, got it. Yeah, Sully, Sully told Mike not there. to use his car. Yeah, ah, that's right. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's right because it entered, powers the car. Got it. All right. On the various video monitors left over from Superstar Limo, there are ads for various Made in Monstropolis products, including sludge deodorant. Features smelly, harmful, and abrasive. Those are the features of sludge deodorant. There's primordial ooze that comes in seven unnatural flavors. Dr. Stink Bomb's shoe stink powder, where you're reminded you should sprinkle once a week. And when you want something hot to chew, reach for a booga brew. It's good to the last glop. Finally, an ad for Harry Housen's Sushi. Uh, with various play on words of delicacies that I couldn't understand, even though I played it like 15 times, couldn't understand what they were. But, you know, like something along the lines of teriyaki, but it was teriyaki. So, mm. 
Then we see a poster of monster oh, news. they're monsters. Yeah, okay. they're monsters. Yeah. All of this, if they haven't. Yeah. Um, we see a poster for Monster News, the number one newscast in Monstropolis, winner of three, 13 Screamy Awards. Mm. There is a vending machine in the queue, including snacks like sugar, salt, and fat, a bag of calories, yeah. primordial ooze, a drink called Blort. That's Blort. <laughs> Polyvinyl chloride, which in our world is PVC. It's plastic. Uh, next to the snack machine is a vending machine. You had your Fresca. We have our uh, taste-free drooler cooler. Right, because they're monsters. <laughs> next to the snack machine is a... Oh, I got that. There is a sign for Monstropolis Cab Company, the vehicle that will be taking you to on the tour of the city. And finally... Uh, above the drooler cooler machine is an ad for Cyclops Optical Single Len 2D Special because it's single, so it's not Cyclops, lens. Because yeah, Cyclops are monsters, and but they're all monsters. single Len because lens right. single Len lens lens is singular anyway. I know this is poor funny. The, the point that I'm going to give you anyway for this is really <laughs> diminishing. Like the further this goes. <laughs> There's a ticker. All right. Then finally, there's a sign for the buses to the right and sign for the taxi straight ahead. And that is the queue. Okay. Well, you, you have a queue. So point. Yeah. <laughs> miracle, man. You get right the miracles. However, <laughs> if this were against any other queue, I would argue any other queue, <laughs> you, you might not get that point. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, there's a cue. And I just, I mean, this is all me. I'm watching ride through videos and I'm looking at all these things. And I'm, I'm pausing and like reading right, all the signs right. and stuff. It was fun. I liked it. Anyway, that's my cue. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Tell us about the ride itself. I think you kind of went through a fair amount of it uh, as the original version and then they overlaid some stuff, but I'm sure you have a detail. Yeah. And, and that was. Eric, I Go forgot ahead. if I marked the point or not. What do you have? What do you have the points as? I have I have three for mine, four for Jimmy. Whoop okay, whoop. got it. Okay. All right. Uh, the ride, Grand Fiesta Tour, is eight minutes long. It is a slow-moving dark ride, boat ride, dark boat, boat dark. A slow-moving boat type ride in the dark? <laughs> yes. Boat type <laughs> ride in the dark. <laughs> uh, the... The show area is is uh, eighty seven thousand two hundred seven square feet, and uh, can handle about nineteen hundred people per hour, which is one of the reasons why it generally doesn't have a long queue, unless there are a lot of people flowing over from the tequila lounge across the way. I the ride has sixteen boats, including two wheelchair boats. Uh, one of the first, uh, actually, I think it was the first boat ride at at a Disney park to have wheelchair accessible boats uh, from the very beginning. Uh, so for context here, for those of you who are not familiar with the, um, the, the classic 1944 film, the three Caballeros we'll be Wait, talking a lot. Do we know, do, are we sure that it's the first one to have the wheelchair boat? I don't know for sure, but thinking of, I mean, what other boat rides were there before it would be pirates and um, small one. world. Uh, at Disneyland, it has one, I think. It has one now, but I don't know for sure. That's why I said I'm not sure. I don't know when those others came in. This was starting in 1982, had a wheelchair accessible boat. Oh, wait, what? 
1982 wheelchair accessible. Yeah. Oh, so that is the first. There's a, that's definitely the first. I would that's think so. Oh, all right. Fuck me. I got him Oh my god! I think it is getting uh, slower. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, the three caballeros are Donald Duck, who represents the United States of America. Uh, Jose Carioca, who represents South America, but is actually from Brazil. And Panchito Pistoles from Mexico. Those are the three caballeros. Let's see here. So uh, you, when you finish that thrilling cue, uh, step onto a boat. And then you sit down in that boat. And you head past that pyramid and that Olmec uh, carved head statue. Um, you pass. Uh, you pass through an impressive outdoor environment that recaptures uh, that magic that that the Imagineers came up with years earlier of floating past the Blue Bayou restaurant. It's definitely the same sort of idea where you're floating past a Mexican restaurant at the start of this ride. Has very much the same feel. We'll get a little bit more into that land in just a little bit, of course. When you head around the corner into the the ride proper. You start seeing screens where uh, Panchito and Jose lay out the story of the ride. Donald has gone sightseeing in Mexico and is going to be late for their show tonight. So they're trying to find him. Uh, Panchito and Jose are flying on a uh, are riding on a flying Serape and uh, and um, trying to locate their friend Donald. Um, the 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 next few scenes are. Um, really scenes of them trying to find him around areas in, in Mexico, um, different sightseeing, basically tourist destinations, um, looking through binoculars, looking for Donald, uh, Donald going by on a, on a boat, uh, where there's a woman, um, there's a woman on the boat. There's a man, uh, paddling the boat. There are a bunch of flowers there. And Donald says, hiya toots to the woman. That was more of a, uh, was more of a, uh, uh, Howard the Duck than Donald, um, or, or more of a like what was his name? Salty Larue or Twisty Swifty Larue? Swifty Larue. Yeah. Hey! Down to the Chinese theater. <laughs> uh, I'm not Michael Eisner. <laughs> <laughs> but so she gives him a kiss and he floats away, surrounded by hearts, oh, um, as one does. Yes, exactly. Uh, so they they pass through a few of these little scenes. It's the same, basically the same setup, as I said before, the same set pieces that were there before, but now it's modern day and um, there there are cartoons looking, basically placed over the live action portions uh, looking for Donald. Uh, when you, um, you start to get a little bit further, you get into the area that was originally uh, the, the portion with the children, anima, the doll animatronics. They're still pretty much there, uh, dancing in circles, playing with a Donald pinata now, um, playing with. Oh, yes. That's a point. That is. First of all, I was going to give the point for them keeping the creepy dolls because they could (laughs) have gotten rid of them, but they didn't. That's awesome. And then that point got solidified by them trying to beat up Donald and pin pinata for him. (laughs) But yes, they are. Um, it's yeah, it's the same, basically the same scene of of children celebrating different holidays around Mexico. Uh, you pass through that area into um, into the areas filmed in Acapulco that were originally designed to show off 
touristy des- destinations where they use a lot of the same footage of people cliff diving and scuba diving, but they put Donald into these videos as the main character. So he's, um, he's jumping off of a cliff and he's hitting a bunch of rocks on the way down, making uh, pachinko machine noises. Um, he's scuba diving. He is parasailing where there's a scene where the boat goes by and his swimsuit is attached to uh, the parasail and it floats by and Donald is running across the water saying, Hey, my bathing suit. Um, so fun little scenes. Apparently the flying Serape not only is a magical flying, uh, magical flying carpet, doc- <laughs> carpet. Yeah. Um, or, or not, it's not really a poncho cause there's no hole in it, but, um, what's the other word cloak sort of garment garment is the word I was looking for flying garment, but it also has headlights as they're looking the through answer was garment garment. Yes. You may now take a drink. <laughs> uh, Jose and Panchito have headlights on the front of their Serape. Um, you, you then pass through a Mexican village with flags overhead, uh, celebrating the day of the dead. And, um, they finally, there, there's one last scene where, um, these, uh, where you see Donald get grabbed by the other two and say, they've got a show to do. You continue through the Mexican village and you come around the corner where you now see those animatronics restored and operating at their peak efficiency. Um, you see other signs around the area saying Viva Donald. Um, there, the old fiber optics are still on the ceiling, the ceiling showing, uh, fireworks exploding. Um, you get to float by and hear uh, hear their song from the movie The Three Caballeros, and the then Caballeros, uh, the Three Caballeros, they say we are birds of a feather. Yes, I'm not going to sing. It's a three part harmony. You have to. No. no. <laughs> yeah i I really like that they cast Donald. And correct me if I'm wrong, but my memory is that they kind of cast him as the ugly American in all of this. I would have loved like, to see that audition process. The ugly American tourist, tourist, <laughs> you know, it's just like he's in the way. He's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much himself. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've ridden this ride in both iterations, scores and scores of times, but it wasn't until you explained all this that it made sense as to why Donald was doing what he was doing. Like I didn't, didn't ever pick up on it. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's just that little hint at the beginning. Oh, right. where, we've got a concert to get to. Where's Donald? Yeah. It, he made it to the concert. He's super entitled, and he's just, yeah. He's, um, so here's kind of, and we were talking about this in The Messenger. I don't know if we need to go fully into this yet, but it is sort of introducing itself. There's, I'm very interested in this matchup because here you have, in the case of Rio, a ride that really worked. Mm-hmm. And was very beloved by a lot of people. Some would say beloved. Mm-hmm. And um Tomato. <laughs> Tomato potato. Um, and then some would say got ruined by the IP, the addition of IP. When whether you feel that way or not, it's minimal. I mean, as minimal as it can be. And it still keeps a lot of the original ride intact. That's true. Except for the weirdness at the beginning, which right. I do miss. I do miss right. that. Now, if we're going to get it, do we want to get into this right now? Because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not good. In, I'm honestly, I'm not good in the driver's seat on this. So I'm going to follow what? both of your lead. 
And then on the the other hand, we have Superstar Limo, which is arguably the worst Disney attraction ever made. So bad that I almost miss it. But that's just me, (laughs) you know, Um, with a very extensive but kind of lazy, but not like you notice it lazy. If you know the process behind it, it's lazy, but it, it works as, as a reskin. It completely works. It's a better ride. Now, I think before we have the conversation, we need to get your ride through. through. Right, right. Um, Yeah. So uh, the, the ride is four minutes. Um, The capacity of the ride never come up. (laughs) (laughs) No, no one has ever clocked it. Call Len Testa. He's got a job to do. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I couldn't find it. But anyway, um, so the ride follows very closely to the story of the film, right? It's kind of like a book report a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, guest board taxi cabs that embark on a journey through the streets of Monstropolis, a small television monitor in each of the three rows where Sleazy McFlurry used to be. <laughs> uh, it's Sleazy LaRue. That's right. Um <laughs> The three rows of the ride vehicle plays a clip of a welcome video that is interrupted with an emergency broadcast stating that a deadly human child has entered Monstropolis. And here we enter scene one. We see Mike and Schmoochie Poo, his girlfriend, I think her name is Celia, in the car on their way to Harryhausen's. As you turn left, you see a CDA agent being interviewed about the missing human child. We then see Sully and Boo on the right hiding from said agent. We then enter the famed Harryhausen's restaurant in chaos from the human child. And don't they do a, a fun thing there where they the have slight the news footage? Ginger. Well, no. So they have, if I remember correctly, they have the news footage that you're hearing on the ex Sleazy LaRue mm-hmm. thing. And they're interviewing the guy and you drive, you drive by and, by and, and you actually, yeah. it like syncs up, which is a really Correct. cool moment. Yep. Point for that. Yay. You rush a miracle, man, you get rotten miracles. <laughs> rush a miracle. It sounds like he's saying wish. But anyway, um, there's a slight sense of scent of ginger in the restaurant because it's, you know, supposed to be Japanese. Um, behind the tentacled sushi chef is a mural. And hidden in this mural is a clownfish representing Nemo. Turns out finding Nemo isn't all that hard. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> and I wrote dot 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 pause for laughter. <laughs> Didn't realize it would be mine. Anyway, uh, yes, as we did. exit the restaurant, we see Mike's girlfriend Celia yelling at him <laughs> for abandoning her on her birthday. The door opens to reveal Mike and Sully and Boo on the run. Uh, we enter Monsters Incorporated, where we see several CDA agents reporting on what they have and or have not found. The next scene, we enter a hallway where two monsters lament that they hate working nights because nothing exciting ever happens. We then enter the locker room where Mike is in a panic because they have to get to the scare floor to get Boo back home. And Sully is tapping on one of the stall doors asking if Boo is done. He says, are you done, Boo? But it sounds like, are you done, Boo? (laughs) And she's in a stall. (laughs) Anyway, uh, then we see Randall appear and says, race you to the scare floor we then enter the scare floor and when we come to boo's door randall is sending it into that abyss of endless doors and says they'll never find her door now we then enter said door abyss room and we see mike sully and boo and they have found her door we're almost there kiddo but randall that is a cool room 
they got to make that roller coaster. Am I right? Yeah. Anyway, um, they, they didn't. No, they didn't. But they should. And they will. Maybe. They're not going to. Um, at uh, I still think they should extend Pixar Land, extend it, and now Rock and Roller Coaster is now the 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 door roller coaster. But anyway, um, so Randall is swinging next to the door, and he has plans to destroy it. As we pass another hall, there's a gag where a screen scene of a monster like opens a door, and he he's the one that keeps getting like socks stuck to him, and he gets caught. He gets caught with a twenty three nineteen, which is the code for a human. Anyway. Uh, we then come to Randall and Boo, where Boo is beating him over the head with a bat. He's beating Randall over the head, and he keeps changing colors as she beats him with the bat. If you watch long enough, one of the colors he changes to is the wallpaper from The Haunted Mansion. <gasps> mic drop. Uh, okay. That, mic that, drop. Tip, tip that's, your mic over. That's, that's kind of cool. I was half expecting you to... <laughs> I was half expecting you to say that he turns clownfish color, but I'm glad that that didn't happen. Yeah. No, only one nod to Finding Nemo in this house. Uh, but yeah, so it, the Haunted Mansion wallpaper. <clears throat> You're, uh, that's not a point. I'm You're sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would it help if it was, uh, it was the speed ramp? <laughs> Did I mention naked Donald Duck on my ride? Oh, wait Whoa, just a minute. Hey, let's hubba, not hubba. try to turn on the judge here. <laughs> All right. So we turn the corner and see wait, Mike. Wait, what is so- he naked? What, what, what's happening? Like oh, I said, he's during he's the parasailing when his water skiing flies by. Yeah. yeah. Parasailing yeah. or water skiing? Parasailing because his Well, he never wears pants anyway. So. Well, true. But it's easy to when he's in the water. Off. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. We turn a corner to see Mike, Sully, and Boo. They have found her door and it is time to say goodbye. And it is time to say, uh, for us to say goodbye to, to Mike and Sully and Boo, of course, that is. But before we leave, each other, right? We, that's right. We enter the final scene where we are uh, decontaminated. That'll come back up again later. The attraction's oh, ending no. features an audio animatronic version of Roz. And oh, she no. can ask riders questions controlled by a cast member backstage. Sometimes Roz will say, young lady in the first row, nice he is. What lovely ears you have. Or young man in the first row. Nice ears. Are those your real ears? She'll only say this when she recognizes guests who wear Mickey and Minnie Mouse ears, of course. Uh, We exit the vehicle. And just as we are about to walk outside, there is a sign describing what the ride is. This is at the exit (laughs) of the attraction. It says, Mike and Sully to the rescue. Ride aboard a slow-moving car through Monstropolis following... uh, Adventures of Mike and Sully as they try to bring little Boo home. That's the sign Wait. on the exit of the ride. <laughs> Here's what you did. So they tell you what you just did. Yes. I okay. So I didn't want to give Roz a point because I don't. I do not like that feature. But I recognize that people do like it. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I I hate it. I. It's just. It's. I don't want to have to feel pressure to be a part of it. And. <laughs> Every time I'm at that point in the ride, I'm thinking to myself, please don't see me. Please don't see me. And I'm kind of half expecting it to go like, hey, you single lonely man with no child. (laughs) You've gotten much fatter. I bet you're chafing. Did you get a 
card Scooter. today. Did you get a fat guy card, fat guy? <laughs> so I so I can't I don't want to give it a point for that, but the world wants to give wants me to give it a point for that. So I'm going to for my own well-being say that I'm giving a point for the sign at the end. But okay. we all know that that's actually Ross. Ross's point. Yeah. All right. That's fair. You wish a miracle man to get Roth miracles. <laughs> all right, Eric. Well done. Let's talk about the land impact. The land impact. Let's move it along here. The Mexico Pavilion uh, has a very large show building, as I mentioned. The, the ride is fairly extensive, but there's also a lot more inside. Uh, the main feature that you see walking through the World Showcase Pavilion uh or the world showcase showcase is a 36 foot tall pyramid. That is the facade for the uh, Mexico pavilion inside the front entrance. There is currently an exhibition about the day of the dead using images from Coco uh, with some artifacts from Mexico and plaques describing the holiday plaques education. Yeah. Um, Inside you, you continue inside, you head downstairs into a Mexican market that is named the, Plaza del Amigos, which does mean friends, the friends mm-hmm. place. Good job. Hang out with your friends or gentlemen. No, that's Caballeros. <laughs> people, Jimmy, Do people we, might be learning Spanish exclusively from this podcast. That's fair. I would not recommend this. I I learned German and Swedish, <laughs> but I learned about Caballeros today. Um, so I the. Standard education in Spanish from <laughs> has my voice changed? I don't remember. I'm supposed to be the queen. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I thought the Sultan just came in. <laughs> oh no, no. From no. Aladdin. <laughs> Vastly different voice. Right. Uh let's see. Uh, the, the area um takes the concept of the blue bayou and says, why not make it bigger? Uh, there's a fountain uh, that's lit up. There's forced perspective. There's rock work. There are trees, uh, projection clouds and lightning storms on the ceiling. Uh, there are carts selling authentic Mexican artwork and souvenirs that are completely different from Disney stuff that this is not this is not a Disney store. This is actual artwork from uh, from Mexico that has been sourced by by artisans there. Uh, there's a jewelry store. What's that? <laughs> Made in China. <laughs> yes, made in China. Maybe. I don't know. Um, there's a jewelry store. Um, at one point, it, the area had a dress shop and a travel agency. Um, the travel agency is now the jewelry store. Um, hmm. The dress shop is now a place called La Cava del Tequila, which means tequila cave. <laughs> so my my memory, my sort of jagged-ish memory of the evolution of this place was... Mid nineties, it was like still as like pure Mexican uh, marketplace as possible, and then I feel like every time I go there, something is replaced by a tequila. <laughs> like something is just another place to get drunk, which I'm fine with. <laughs> it's just an observation. Well, yes, I, I mean the, the yeah the dress shop is now a place that has um, 200 different tequila brands, uh, tequila based cocktails, Mexican beer and wine. Uh, but I, I guess San Angel Inn, I think it didn't originally have that lounge next to it that it expanded into. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, Sun on Helen being the seventeenth um, century hacienda at the far end. That is the restaurant on the water, uh, where you can enjoy, uh, you know, more authentic Mexican cuisine from Chef Frederico Lopez, who specializes in flavors from the Yucatan Peninsula, including striped bass and achiote pepper, marinated pork. Uh, Basically sort of elevated. For a long time, it was kind of on the cusp. It, it was sometimes really good Mexican food and sometimes not. Um, I haven't been there very recently, but it, really it it has stepped up. It's one of those places in Epcot where they said, let's get a let's get a world renowned chef in here and have him redo the menu. And now they've got three course menu uh, th- uh, prefix menus and, and such. So it really has stepped up. My point being that this entire area, despite the fact that some of the shops have been replaced, replaced by more places to get drunk. Um, the tour of Mexico, that is the ride, the grand fiesta tour fits in perfectly with this giant pavilion that creates a nighttime in a Mexican city. Um, think about entering the blue Bayou. So here's, here's the plus up for pirates, Disneyland, Think about entering the Blue Bayou and then going into Pirates versus them being two separate entrances that coincide briefly. That's an interesting I see argument. what you did. To That's okay. That's cleverly done. Um, do we want to hear the land impact on monsters and just laugh at it? And then, I mean, and then I'll give the point? Or <laughs> I mean, I yes. told you my cue. So <laughs> just like... Monster, or excuse me, just like the Grand Fiesta tour is a tour of Mexico after you've been immersed in this Mexican environment. Mm-hmm. My Consoli to the Rescue is a fantasy um, story about monsters in Hollywoodland. Oh, I see. So it's themed to be a ride in a theme park. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but But monsters... <laughs> Hollywood and Hollywood's filled with monsters, monsters that are constantly that getting are canceled. Fake. Yes. <laughs> oh wow. And there's a bar next door. Hollywood Lounge. There's the Hollywood Backlot Can Stage. Can you actually go get a drink at the Hollywood Lounge? I mean, monsters you can mobile order right scary. now. What was that, Asher? Monsters isn't scary. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, but Hollywood okay, monsters but- are the Hollywood Lounge. I could mobile order right now if I wanted. <laughs> Anyone and listening? Let us know what you st- want. <laughs> you can get the studio catering company mobile order there. Um, <laughs> you can go to the churro at Hollywood Land cart right there. Mm-hmm. The studio store. Okay, so so yeah. land. I mean, impact. it's clear. <laughs> land, wins. Yes, land impact. I think two points for Rio. Fuck me, I <laughs> Do we do we want to talk about IP overlays briefly? I think it's worth it's a conversation theory? worth having. Okay. I don't know how many points will be generated from it, but I think um it is interesting that dynamic of they've been changed just the right amount for each thing, I think. Mm. Yeah, I because you couldn't that. you couldn't throw Donald Duck with Regis Philbin and do the job. You no. just kind of have to totally reskin the whole thing in order to do it the right amount, right? And I think the go- like the the goofies the goofy overlay thing. I mean, w- the way they proposed it 
sounds terrible, but mm-hmm. if done, you know, with heart and creativity, probably not a bad ride, but would not fit there. It would need to be in Toontown. You mean with all the um, cardboard cutouts from Disney stores around the right, world? Right, right. <laughs> with all the, all the, you know, the, the, the cut rate merchandise that you can grab as you go by. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> they've got a great deal on pants over here. <laughs> so uh, let's legit talk about it because I, I yeah. don't like, I don't like the Donald Duck overlay. I don't like it. I it's don't really, like it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But it was a good ride. It didn't need the overlay. Right. It but didn't need the update. It did, but it also didn't. I, I. I think. I think it's more of a net positive than Frostrum. Certainly. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And, for sure. And maybe if they do Coco, that will redeem it. Because the, the reality is, right. the three Caballeros is not. They're not from Mexico. For one. For two, one. it's a seventy-year-old movie. It's not relevant. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. It was shoehorning in IP for the sake totally. of shoehorning in 100%. IP. I, I don't like it. But now, here's the, fact the deal: they, it's it's shoehorning in IP that actually has something to do with with the area. One of the reasons fair. that Mexico. I mean, sure, having Mexico and Canada as part of a, as part of the World Showcase needed to be a given. Like, right, neighboring countries that are a major that still influence American culture. That's, it would that's be, a big deal. You need to have them there. It would be but, a bad look to not have them. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. But considering of op, considering optics, think about the, the tour that Walt Disney himself did of mm-hmm. South America. Um, there, I mean, he, there was a period of time where he specifically went to South America as a goodwill tour. It's documented in the movie, Walt, uh, Walt and El Grupo. He took a bunch of Imagineers down. They wanted to visit, South American countries learn more about these cultures and, and because they're neighboring, you know, it's a neighboring continent. There's a lot of people very close to America. They wanted to sure build some goodwill and sell some films down there, but also understand the culture a little bit better and make some movies that would be appropriate for those, for these cultures. So three caballeros came out of, um, and saludos amigos came out of, that visit. So this is a, a trip where Walt Disney himself invested in this region of the world. And it's now being brought into Epcot. It's not the most, it's not the craziest overlay ever. It's not like taking Norway, taking Maelstrom and replacing it with a movie that yes, happens to take place in a fictitious place. That's kind of like Norway. This is, these, these are characters that were made for this market. Or like taking I, a, um, a a ride in a Hollywood-themed land and overlaying it with a fictitious monster, right? Well, I mean, it did save the IP in that in your in your case saved that ride from being yeah, something completely ridiculous, right? And 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 it's a it's kind of the perfect IP for that ride. You're driving through a city, driving through a city. It's yeah. it, it's literally just changing the premise, which the premise <clears throat> was always the broken thing. Right. And I agree, mostly agree that I don't like that. I, I mostly agree that the three caviars don't fit, but I like when Disney is able to bring old IP back to life. Like there was a period of time at California Adventure that everything was coming up uh, Oswald. 
Yeah. And it's super yeah. cool because you have right. this backlog of all of these characters. It's, you know, it's, it, and it's, it's like, I understand why Frostrum is frozen, why it's frozen based, but you get kind of, I'm not sure if I'm using this term correctly, but myopic when you focus on just, okay, here's this hit. We're going to make everything frozen, everything cocoa, everything right. frozen, everything cocoa. Five years from that point is like, hey, remember when everything was this thing that we're writing right now? Aren't you tired mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I've made it very clear on this show that I have no problem with IP. I, I never have. It's been a part of the park from day one. If Walt had more IP and characters, they would have been in there. Storybook land, Sleeping Beauty Castle, Pinocchio, like all these things. IP is has always been a thing, right? Now, original concepts like pirates and that kind of thing, and then the IP overlay. But well, I get why people get upset about it. But we've also yeah. also said that there's a generation of people who only know Pirates of the Caribbean as a Johnny Depp film franchise. So when they go to Disneyland and Johnny Depp's not there, it's like, what the hell? So I have no problem with IP. I, I have less of a problem with IP than I think it comes off. My issue is it's like we've just shut off the new ideas. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I guess just kind of, I don't know, a little tangential, but what is the best IP overlay? Like, I'm, I think, I'm, well, definitely no. Haunted Mansion Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just saying, using three caballeros is smart. And yes, this happened yes. 10 years ago. It was It was still a smart idea to bring in these characters that are, I mean, everyone knows Donald and then to reintroduce two other characters, Panchito and Jose, you know, it, it fits well with the story. It brings in a a classic, a classic Buddy Baker song. It, you know, it's, it's a good choice and bringing in Coco is just something that everybody expects. We have, we have Coco in, in DCA perfect placement. We have an exhibition in the Mexico Pavilion that in, that involves Coco and a lot teaches. easier to, to switch out for Encanto. Yeah. It's right. It's exactly if you want to bring in more it, different IP, that's fine because it, it it's an educational piece. It teaches something and it's ex, it's an exhibit. You can change it out whenever you right. want a ride. Do we really need to go on a ride? That's entirely the Day of the Dead instead of a ride that also focuses on traditions around yeah throw a coco doll in, the, time in that scene there's nothing um, wrong with that but so but yeah. so let me ask you this question um and this is a legitimate question of these two attractions which does a better ip overlay which is mm. more appropriate that's that's i mean that's the the crux of this whole thing right um cuz you know q and blah 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 but and before you answer that question like IP overlays, Frozen doesn't fit. I mean, it's a good ride. It's fun. It's basically Maelstrom with an extension, right? Um, Nemo does a really good job. The the seas with Nemo and friends. That's a great overlay. It really makes sense. Um, yeah, then, a lot of people don't like it, but it's it's. I think those are people that are just anti IP across the board. It right. It it does a good job with what it's trying to do. Yeah, right. I love Seabass Alpha and all that, but you still get yeah. everything that Seabass Alpha gives you. It's just got an overlay of a of a popular <laughs> franchise, right. right? Instead of a scary, weird movie that terrifies you and yes. you go on a, indeed on an elevator well, to the depths at, of the at earth. At Disneyland, the Nemo ride is 
it works really well. And yeah, exactly. And I love the way they use the technology on the screen projections in the giant mm-hmm. aquarium with actual fish and you got the, yeah. they did a really good job. So that, I mean, for my and money, I do miss, I do miss the kitsch of the old submarines, but I, under, I also understand that it wasn't aging well, you know? Right. So what do you do? You, you're not going to build the Atlantis ride, even though you should. Uh, um, this makes not sense. Milo's return. <laughs> And um, I think, I think that's the vault. Part, part, part of my, I think, our IP argument is, what, and, and this is a little bit to the side of this, but like they could very easily make the Atlantis ride. And it brings that thing to life for the people might, that who had no interest in this thing might be interested in the thing now. And I think that's the same thing with Three Caballeros. I think, I don't know that people are going to care about monsters in 10 years. But three caballeros have stood the test of time to an extent. Uh, I think that there should be a statute of, I guess, an opposite statute of limitations with putting IPs in the parks to where, like, wait 10 years yeah, and then, then you can bring it back. Like Little Mermaid, but they screwed that one up. Um, <laughs> so, so the legit question, again, going back to it, is here's the argument where I'm landing with this is timeless versus mm-hmm. timely that's what it feels like to me like monsters inc is of its time mm-hmm. three caballeros was are timeless a, it, it was also the perfect time for right. getting rid of what was there right. very efficient and, reskinning animatronics and but. so the to my to my mind and then this is by no means any kind of <clears throat> no decision because i don't know but the Monsters Inc. ride was absolutely necessary. That that overlay was necessary, and it was totally. effectively executed. Although being completely out of place for where it is. Um, but the Three Caballeros is unnecessary. But I would argue that to some people, <clears throat> like if I had a choice, snap my fingers, bring back Superstar Limo, just so, like now, not keep it through the whole thing, but like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna unskin this, and everyone's gonna get to ride this terrible. Maybe that's ride. the seasonal overlay, right? Especially <laughs> the now Mansion that holiday. especially now that that California Adventure is less <clears throat> terrible. I think I think the sting of Superstar Limo was so big because it was really like, okay, really, you've got to be kidding me. I just watched Rosie O'Donnell learn how to make bread, and that's not an attraction, <laughs> you know? Like like it was it was just this compounding, and then finally you get on this, you're like, and this is your dark ride? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I think that how so having said that though i would love to rewrite superstar limo because it's so bad but so, you wouldn't love to rewrite the el rio del tiempo i if i had to here's where i'm coming down to it if i were given a choice if it was like you get to pick one one comes back as in its original form i'm going superstar limo because mm. that thing is fascinating that's fair yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean El Rio is is definitely I see why people cherish it, but it's it's dark, it's jarring, um, and it does end with eighties people leaping off of cliffs into water. But, but that's they've got that in the current version. True, McDonald's well, animated on top. McDonald's over, over. But that. I think the context there is that Rio is like you know presumably these families are spending the first part of the day in. Uh, future world right and mm-hmm. there's all this you know dark scary foreboding stuff which is totally cool i love that stuff but then you know it's like 
and then you get to the ride, the boat ride. And it's like, at some point, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but at some point you kind of got to throw the normies a bone to be like, okay, here are your characters. We understand that you were missing the characters. Here's, here are the characters that you want. Maybe not the characters that you want, but here are characters and you want characters and we're going to give them to you in a way that, you know, kind of meets us in the middle from where the the ride originally was and then see harmonious where they go to the opposite extreme totally um all right well so let's let me just for the listener uh this is an article from jim hill media we've been talking about the overlay and the different uh things i want to read this article i'm not sure when it was written but when monsters inc mike and Sully the rescue reopened last month after a three-month-long rehab disneyana fans were hoping that some significant changes would have been made to this DCA dark ride. But with the exception of some new safety gates that have been added to the attraction's load area, everything was pretty much the same, which started yet another round of browsing on the web. Why for? Because theme park enthusiasts have never really embraced this California adventure attraction, mostly because they believe that Mike and Sully to the rescue has far too much in common with the dark ride that replaced Superstar Limo that it replaced um, of course, given the Imagineers reportedly spent $30 million on the retheming of this Hollywood Pictures backlot attraction, one sometimes wonders where all that money went. Given that <laughs> Superstar Limo's exterior, which was made up mostly of painted flats, was replaced by Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the Rescue's exterior, which was also made up mostly of painted flats. <clears throat> and inside the attraction itself, the ride vehicles are the same. The track layout is the same, and if you're paying really close attention, you'll notice that those animatronic celebrities who used to appear in Superstar Limo are also still inside this attraction, only in different locations and somewhat mutated form. Okay, do you remember the Jackie Chan figure who used to appear in the dark ri- on this dark ride? Well, Jackie's still in the show building, only his animatronic figure was been- has been redressed as a member of the Child Detection Agency. Likewise, Drew Carey, who used to hawk maps to the stars' homes in Superstar Limo, now offers you brochures with information about that missing human child, Boo. And do you remember how supermodel Cindy Crawford used to spritz you with her new signature perfume as it rolled along Rodeo Drive? Well, Cindy, too, has joined the CDA, and that misting function that was built into her old animatronic figure is now used to decontaminate guests as they roll through Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully. Mind you, some of these recycled Superstar Limo figures are harder to spot than others. Take, for example, Tim Allen. Only by comparing the shape of Tim Allen's animatronic shoulders and the positioning of this figure's legs do you see the the, then realize that the CDA agent used to be Tim the Toolman. Likewise, Whoopi Goldberg's figure that used to appear in Superstar Limo, a big Hollywood premiere finale sequence, the only thing that gives this away is the Child Detection Agency member used to be Whoopi is the unique bend of the knee that you find in both figures. In other cases, you almost have to be a member of CSI in order to be able to determine that these animatronic versions of Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas have been turned into CDA agents. Who sprays you with CO2 just before you reach the final scene of Monsters, Inc.? And I doubt, this is Jim Hill writing this, by the way, I doubt that Joyce Philbin herself would have been able to recognize her husband, Regis, now that the host of Live with Regis and Kelly has been transformed into the villainous chameleon, Randall Boggs. And even (laughs) though Cher has had more than her share of cosmetic surgery, I don't think that she'd have been able to recognize her old superstar limo figure, 
particularly since the Imagineers had cut the animatronic version of this Oscar winner in half so that she could be seen sticking her head out of an open manhole cover. I feel like he wrote this article auditioning for, like, another publication. Yeah, maybe. He, for he, Disney Parks blog. He does this. Yeah. Like, this is his cadence. Like, he's always referring back to this John Watts-directed feature. Like, he, I don't know. Anyway. But look, I don't mean to make it sound like the Imagineers didn't put anything new into Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. Take, for example, this bulletin board, which appears in a couple of different spots as you ride vehicles ride vehicle rolls through the factory portion of the attraction. If you look closely at these boards, you'll notice that there is a memo pinned up that talks about the top 10 ways to get fired of Monst- at Monsters, Inc. Number one, top 10 ways to get fired. Forget to file your paperwork. Use the doors for recreational use. Talk back to Roz. Scare the boss. Photocopy your tail. Mm-hmm. Breathe fire in the bathrooms. Post scare reports on Ain't It Cruel News. Oh, because they're monsters, yeah. Act like Glenn Kim and forget to file your paperwork. That's right. WDI actually made an internet-based joke as part of their retooling of Superstar Limo. And just so you know, Ain't It Cool News gag has been in place since Monsters, Inc. Mike and Sully to the Rescue first reopened back in 2006. This hidden Disney Pixar detail proves that Finding Nemo... Oh, never mind. I already did that one. Okay, that's it. Just wanted to... For the listener, I wanted to let you know those were the animatronics and there's where you can find them. There's a great article on Jim Hill Media. If you search for um, Superstar Limo overlay, blah, 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 you can see the actual images and it's very clear that they're, this, they're the same things. Anyway, so have I, you had I, some time? Right. So to answer your question, I think, especially if you take that information into account, I think it, the creative process behind Monsters was probably something along the lines of, let's make this into a Monsters ride because you're going through a city and you're going through a city on this one. Now you're going through a city on this one. And I feel like they kind of just went through with a clipboard of like, Okay, we could. There's an animatronic there, animatronic there, animatronic there. We can make anything into the shape of a monster because they're monsters, <laughs> which is cute and skillful. And like, like I admire the. Uh, the I can't think the, the the craftsmanship or the clever craftsmanship of like, hey, I'm going to turn that into that because I can because it's a monster and monsters can be any shape. Mm-hmm. Um. It's easy, and I, admi- I I appreciate the easiness of the overlay, in a sense. However, if you look at Rio, I think the creative process was something along the lines of like, we're going to cross this line that we really don't want to have to cross, but we kind of have to cross it in terms of adding characters to Epcot rides. Where can we shave off the edges of that experience? And here we have this weird, in a lot of good ways, this weird ride that has always been a little bit jarring and strange how can we ride that how can we keep that balance how can we keep the balance of all of those things and make it a ride that people still recognize as the ride but still recognize as being different enough and i think rio does it better okay okay so what it just so happens that it's ahead by one point anyway wow it's saying okay. that Regis becoming uh, the chameleon is not worth the point. Which I love. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me that does love that. And I, 
And honestly, if I'm going to say, okay, not so much for me, because I don't necessarily super love either of these rides, but if they're right next to each other. Yeah, that's a good. I would not so much. I probably wouldn't ride either, but (laughs) I would I would recommend that somebody who is a first time visitor to Disney parks ride Rio. That's really interesting. I, I, I like that because that helps me too. Cause I was, I was, I was undecided for all the reasons for the last two hours. Um, but if these two rides are side by side, an oh no. eight minute relaxing oh no. boat ride in the dark, Jimmy's in country internet is having problems. No. Is it me? Hang on. Am I back? Okay. Rick, you're back. If these rides are side by side and I could sit for eight minutes in a relaxing boat ride, looking you know feeling like i'm outside kind of experiencing it in the air conditioning i'm going to this ride because i want to go on this ride Mm -hmm. whereas monsters is crap what else are we going to do everything's an hour long let's just go on monsters and for that ride it's it's fine it's not i'm not it's like it's 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 a really good thing kind of like what we were talking about before with the oh this happened it it kind of continues to be that ride which is a nice thing to have where it's like I'm tired and I've already hung out in the animation building for two yeah, hours. Right. What else can I do? Oh, Monsters has this. Oh, Monsters. I haven't been on that in a long time. Let's go. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, I don't think this is anyone's first ride. I think mm-hmm. it's very few people's favorite rides. I think every right. ride is someone's favorite, but I don't know that I would want to hang out with the person that this is their favorite ride. Um <laughs> You know, like, yeah, but (laughs) you're right. You've got, you've got, it's real. The Grand Fiesta tour is real. Like there's real elements to it. There's history, there's culture. And And it's cool. Yeah. It's literally and physically. Anyway. (laughs) It's real and Um, cool. Just like someone we know. Just like someone we know. But (laughs) yeah, so there's some, there's some cultural relevance. It it really fits with where it is. Um, Yeah. And then Monsters is just a, a necessity to get rid of a really dumb idea. Yeah. Monsters in monsters, just the ride, I think stands up a hair better as being just a ride in a place. But if you take the full context, I think, I think the more I think about it, the more Rio becomes the very obvious choice for me. Grand Fiesta tour is better. Woo. Play that sound. All right, I have so, happy accident. Real fans, you're going to have to speed up the whole episode just so you can hear <laughs> what that is. I would like to request, Eric, in your editing process, if at the end of this uh, at the end of this episode, if you could play that song cuz I've been wanting to hear it ever since you played that song. So just tag it onto the end. That would be great. <laughs> Do you want the original version from the Three Caballeros or from from the ride, if you have it, but ride. Okay, I feel yes. like the the ride would be less likely for a DMCA situation. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. Yeah, the problem is, yeah, we Dan and I both know if you just have music playing, there are problems. Yeah, I right. could put well, it under. We need, we a need bed. to be talking. About I have an idea. Talking hey, while we, while we talk about our other shows. Yeah, there <gasps> we go. Play it now, and here it is. Um, so real quick, uh, before we talk about the other shows, oh, I love this song. Um, Concy Ears is, I'm, I'm booking a trip right now for Ruthie, who wants to go to D23 in G- September of 22. 
Um, and it was just one of those things where, like, she emailed, it was my first contact with concierge however many months ago. And, you know, Mike transferred her to me. And then I don't look at my email for a few days. And she'd emailed me, like, hey, can we talk, you know, Sunday? And I look at the email and it's on Monday. I'm like, oh, damn. So it's just one of those clients where I just really just tripped over myself a bunch. And then. But glad you admitted that. Yeah. And then I admitted it to her, too. So this, that's not my MO. But then uh, she's like, all right, well, let's talk tomorrow. And I'm like, great. And she's like, let's do it at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, well, let me remind you, I'm in Eastern time, so it's 9 o'clock. And are you talking about D23 in January? Like, And she comes back to me. She's like, uh, these tickets go on sale in January. D23 is in September. I'm like, I'm such a moron. I can't believe this. <laughs> and like, but remember, I'm Eastern time. I'll make it work at 9 o'clock. And she gives me her phone number saying this is when I'll... Because all of my clients are, are West Coast based, right? Because most of the people that listen to our shows are, are West Coast based. So... Um, anyway, so then she gives me her number, and I look up the area code, and it's uh, Virginia. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are you in the East Coast? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm in the East Coast. So it's like, I'm such a moron. But anyway, uh, we're going to plan it. She's going to do – we looked at doing seven nights in, like, Disneyland Hotel or Paradise Pier while she does D23. Like, she's going to the show. But, like, that's a little bit of a hike. So what we're going to do is we're going to book two packages – because if you book a package at Disneyland Resort, regardless of how long you stay, you can only do five days of park hopping or five-day passes. Hmm. But if you do three nights at one place, you can do four nights or four-day park hopper or five. If you, I think you can do four. Uh, but then if you do four nights at the other place, you can do five. So you can get more park days with the package if you book two different resorts. So she's going to stay the first half next to the convention center and get a three-day pass and then move to Disneyland Hotel for the second half and get four days or whatever. So she can go to the parks every day she's there um, but and get two packages. So that's what we're well, going to do. want to do after a day at the convention center and <laughs> exactly. just head into the parks because even if you're there for a Disney convention, you still, you're right there. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so thank you, Ruthie, for, for being a, a, a loyal customer of the concierge even though I am a bonehead. But anyway, there you go. And, and thank you listens. also to the Queen of England for being a loyal listener. We, thank you, Queen. We like we to know, we, yeah, we know you didn't kill her. We know you had somebody hired to. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. and then you can listen to our other shows. That's 856 Our Ears. Um, uh, the Ears Up podcast, Ears Up In Depth. Um, there's the Banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk, a.k.a. Milk Monk Lemonade, around the corner of Bantha Milk. Hey, they uh, they just had a an episode where um, they learned to play the game Sabak that you've seen. Oh, in cool! Yeah, you, you can play that on the the Starliner, the Galactic Starliner. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, they bought a deck it, from one of the parks. It's, yeah, uh, you can play it at, uh, at Star Wars Land, or if you're me, you can awkwardly watch people play it and hope mm. that they ask you to join, and then realize that they're not going to. <laughs> And then you should have been wearing a robe. That's right. Which you can do on the Galactic Star Cruiser, which really looks interesting. I won't spend the money for it, but a lot of people will because it is completely sold out for the first three months of its journey. Um, and then there's uh, Scraping the Vault, which is a wonderful show. Uh, November, we took off. We're going to be back in December with a special Christmas holiday themed episode we haven't decided on yet. Um, and then, yeah, listen to Supreme Resort some more because it's fun and you get to learn a lot of nerdy stuff. Anything else? Just do an ad for us. That was nice. I like Mm -hmm. that. Maybe some people just tuned into the end. Like, what is this?
Two hours. Let me skip to two oh one. See what's happening. Yeah. Let's see what. Let's see what. Let's see where they go with this. Yeah. And yeah. that was the three caballeros music from yep. the ride. So I I do want to do just you know because I love that sign at Monsters Inc so much. Should we recap the entire podcast? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we started out with. Um, Jimmy it was talking about taking time off, and then uh, the small world was flooded. We talked about that. You, it, it, you can just jump in whenever. I don't know how long we're going to take this, because okay. i got to go eat. So, And then <laughs> Bob Chapek probably flooded it to small I'll press world, but two. we're not sure. Um, and then we learned about different cultures, and then um, we talked about two different rides, and that's what you listen to. Yeah. Contact us. I'm at Jimmy at earsuppyphonpodcast.com. Dan at earsuppyphonpodcast.com. E. Johnson at concierge.com. J. Hunt at concierge.com. D. Nuts <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Supreme. No, yeah, don't, can I say that? Don't, no, don't give <laughs> my personal that. email Cut out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Well, anyway, that bleep, bleep the address because that part was funny, but <laughs> do not. The, There's a reason for, why I don't have my last name attached to this. I mean, my last fair. name is Presley Linkletter. Presley Linkletter Pepsi. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Be good to each other. We'll see you next time. Bye. Your Majesty, you're still here. <laughs> Somebody want to let the Queen out? <laughs> okay. So we got sounds ready? Yes, here is yours. You rush a miracle, man, you get rotten miracles. Oh, did that not what is going on with that wow is that what? intentional <laughs> i think i think that needs to stay exactly like i think that. you're right <laughs> it's kind of like when jason wow. had the, had the, his little news thing was all slowed down he couldn't figure out why <laughs> what the heck did yes that was a sample from <laughs> the song the three caballeros oh, he yeah. says what means i caramba <laughs> i think you keep it yeah, I keep All it right. exactly like that. Did Asher survive? <laughs> Christmas is the best time to make divorced parents compete for your love. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> Good advice. I like it. Dear Santa, I think if you look over your Santa records, you will see that I have been a good boy this year. I've also been cool and real. Just like you. For Christmas this year, all I want is a signed poster of Shannon Elizabeth Stone. She's my dad's favorite Playboy model and I really enjoy her more recent work in various TV shows and movies. It would really mean a lot to me. Thank you, bro.
Dear Senna, yeah. I just want to clarify that I'm asking for a signed poster from Shannon Elizabeth Stone. <laughs> Not Shannon Elizabeth or Sharon Stone. I have plenty of those. <laughs> Smell you later, homie. 